This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey y'all, Bayou Bendis here. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf and, of course, hockey. And DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat in all of the action. Making a line on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid over $7 billion to users across the sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using the code THPN. New users will get a free entry with the first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. We're here on a fine Wednesday afternoon. I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Corey. How are you, buddy? I'm fine. It's a, it's a bit of a, a wintry Wednesday. It's really nice down here. Um, I'm stiff, you know, because of, like, you know, my problems post-wreck. Uh, but um, it, it dropped. It dropped to 27 degrees just about through the entire south region, uh, except for Florida who's sitting at about 60, 65, 70 degrees. That sounds so fucking beautiful. And I'm sitting here and it's like minus 18 outside. Yeah. We hit, uh, I think, what would 27 be? Was that like negative three? I have no clue. Probably like negative three, negative four. Anyway, it's it's really not bad. I like it. Uh, I feel bad though, because we didn't, we didn't have anywhere to put my wife's plants so they're just all fucking just dead and she's kind of <laughs> oh, she's kind of no. upset about it but like we she she knew she was like i don't have anywhere to put these and i don't have anything to like save them so i went out this morning this is day two of you know the the, the freezing because people are just losing their mind like just look at texas texas is like a lawless town right now well like i haven't I've had my own problems to deal with the last few days, which we'll get into after. <laughs> and we talked the rumble about at McDonald's, like. the rumble at McDonald's. But yeah, I saw on Twitter, like, is Texas going through some sort of free you? Like I, this is genuine. Okay, so, I have no clue. So, so Texas hit like, uh, like 18 degrees Fahrenheit, um, which is, I'm not, you know, that's minus 32 to the 18 to get what, you know, you guys are smart. 
Uh, anyway, so Texas doesn't know what to do when temperatures reach this, especially like southern, like deep southern Texas. So like how deep south is it? Like no, the entire region. Like, like all, all, of, of Texas? all of Texas had a freeze warning for the last couple of days. They lost power wait, for so over wait, wait, 40 wait, wait, wait. hours. You're telling me Texas isn't prepared for climate change? Absolutely not. I color mean, me, Color me shocked. <laughs> I love one of the funniest things I saw. It was like, you know, like um, the old slogan, like, don't mess with Texas. And it was like, unless you're like three feet of snow, then Texas is, is buckling. But that's um, funny. I, I keep watching like these fucking TikToks and like Instagram stories of like people in Texas. I don't know. And like somebody was like pouring a bottle of water to try to get the ice off the fucking windshield of the car. Oh, my God. <laughs> And all it's doing is just making a, a harder barrier. <laughs> These people, like, there's like a video of like people trying to get out of a steep incline from like a parking garage, and they just keep fucking slipping back into it. Oh, so Texas they're just is like just going through it right now. They're it, like, this is totally alien to them. They've landed on Mars. Hundred percent. Like the entire that's state, fucking hilarious. Except for like two counties were under like a freeze warning. You know, I think um, Canadians are probably absolutely dying laughing I would, at Texas right I now. I would, um, like, if you guys haven't looked into it, just look into it. Like, the past couple of days has been has been crazy, uh, especially for, like, like, if you look at the map, like, the entire U.S. has, like, a, a cold front, like, a, an extreme cold front, except for, like, uh, I want to say it's Florida, who's still in, like, regular springtime weather, and... <laughs> California, who's in basically springtime weather, but everyone well, else saw, is in like a deep freeze. I saw a video of like there was like a little bit of it was like the most minor snowfall on these cars. Like it was, <laughs> and these people are like, this is two people like my age, and they're like, oh my God, I want to go see the snow. And this guy starts running down the stairs. And it's like when there's minor snowfall at that, obviously it's going to be frozen. But I guess because Texans, they don't, don't know no better. And this guy just fucking first step mm-hmm. and just cracks his head off like 10 flights of stairs. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. My favorite is like watching and like they're all in like slides and shit. And it's like you can't wear slippers. Like you, you can't go out in sandals in snow, but it's not snow. It's ice, you know, so like they have. <laughs> So like these people are just fucking eating it. Eat stairs. Stairs have, have got to be like the worst thing in the world. I wonder how Texas many, right now. I wonder how many of them are uh, like got up and their cars wouldn't start, and then just like freak the fuck out. Like in Canada, like getting uh-huh. if, if it's cold out and you're not waking up an extra five minutes early to jumpstart your car. You're a fucking moron. Okay. So like, is that because it's just so cold that well, it gets so cold? The battery like the terminal, right. Kind of like you're battery. saying about your computer where you have to keep a charge, but when it gets cold, it just drains your battery. Well, yeah, that's cause I live in my basement. Too. Yeah. yeah I like, get it. But my window, I have this huge window. Uh-huh. It's like a basement, but it's like, it's got one of those top windows. Yeah, yeah and yeah, it's yeah. kind of huge. And the people who built it did not fucking insulate this well. Like, it's not a it's not a great window, so I lose a lot of heat in my room. Yeah, you lose a lot of heat in the neck. Oh, you know. 
<laughs> but yeah, so like when it's really, I don't know the science behind it. And to be honest, but I just know that when it's really cold, your battery won't start all the time. Like, it's not like you're, you're, you're killing your battery. It's just, it's so cold. It won't start. Yeah. So you just got to give it a jump. That's understandable. Um, but no, not just that. Like there's been, there were power outages for like 40, 40 to 42 hours. So just about two, you know, roughly two days of no power in Texas along with. I just think it's snowfall. <laughs> That's just so funny. Um, uh, they did like an aerial. We're gonna finish this, but uh, last thing they did an aerial view, like in a helicopter, and <laughs> it just showed the people like fucking losing it, like like cars just like stalling out because they don't know how to drive in the fucking in the snow or the ice. Um, people just doing donuts and fucking parking lots. Uh, idiots going down like steep um, inclines in the city on snowboards. You know, like. Texans don't know what they're missing, though. I think if Texas got more used to snowfall, those oh, people they fucking would make, love it. They'd, love they'd it. come up with some funny shit because one of the best parts of winter, and I better hope my fucking parents are, don't ever listen to my podcast, but is when it gets a little like a decent amount of snowfall and it's like kind of melting. So it's not slush, but it's like mm-hmm. softer. Right. Just go fucking snow drifting. You like, you just get your fucking, like one of my buddies had a, um, it was a manual, what was it? I don't know, one of those, like a sedan, right? And you just go rip. And he, if you just put it right in park, mid going like 40 through a parking lot, you can just skirt and just slide. <laughs> we just fucking do this, skip class and do that. No, oh, it's, awesome. it's awesome. Yeah. So I bet some the Texans could come up with some interesting shit for the snow, but. It's ba- like what you're explaining is basically what like North Louisiana does when it's <laughs> like that's it's there. It's common enough for them to be like, yeah, we know we deal with this like once, maybe three times a year. Like we know what the fuck we know how to have fun in it, you know? Like, Yeah, for sure. But um, but I think we've had enough making fun of Texas. I think these people deserve to hear what happened. My very own rumble at the palace. Rumble at the palace. Fucking. Okay, Corral. <laughs> okay. Um, so essentially, as I was telling Corey before we started, and I'll leave out some of the expletives and, you know, kind of summarize it a little bit. But, you know, I'm a manager at McDonald's. And Woo! occasionally, you know, you get some belligerent customers. And everyone, I think everyone's worked at like a store when you're like about to close and that one dickhead customer comes in two minutes before close. So it's like, you know, you kind of already want to smack that guy across the side of the head, but you've got to be nice because of customer service. So we're like, whatever, serve this guy. He comes in and he's given my, like we close our lobby early, but the drive through is still open because it's McDonald's. Right. So we're closing our lobby. So I go lock the door, like the entry door as he right after he comes in and then my guy at the window is trying to like tell him like yo can you like put on a mask right like it's been how long have we been in covid like can you not figure out that you need to wear a mask and this guy's just being belligerent being an asshole and i can see all this happening so once he's just starts being a dickhead i i just kind of like 
I was explaining to Corey, like this was one of those nights where everything was going wrong. So I was already on a bit of a short fuse. And I just look over and I'm like, hey, and then I just point at my mask and I'm I'm a pretty big dude. Like I'm not a massive. I'm six one, but I've got a deeper voice, too. So he kind of looks over. and He's like, all right, I'll put on my mask. He puts on his mask. And then a few minutes later, we get his food. We're giving it to him. And he starts just being an asshole and saying some uh, kind of racist things to one of my employees. So I'm just like, you piece need to leave. Shit. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. He's clearly like on something too. Like he's kind of, you know, when people give that crackhead kind of vibe. Yeah, this mm-hmm. this was one of those guys. Yeah, I do. I, I know. I know exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm just essentially like, you need to leave. He starts going out the wrong door. That door's locked. So obviously he can't go out that door. I'm like, sir, you need to go out this door. He's like, nah, I'm going out this door. And I'm like, sir, like, <laughs> it's locked. You, geez. you need to go out this door, buddy. Like, geez. And he turns around and he just starts going off. He starts saying more racist shit to one of my employees. And I, I, I can usually like keep, keep pretty calm, but I'm one of those people that if you push me far enough, when I snap, I fucking snap. And I just fucking, uh, I, I was done. So I'm like, listen here, asshole. You need to stop being a dick and you need to go out that fucking door. He just <laughs> fucking loses it. He comes over. So what are you saying? I'm like, you need to leave. And he starts going, saying all this racist shit again. He gets in my face and he goes, you're lucky I don't pound your face. And, and this is an older gentleman. And I think he thinks... As I explained this to Corey, he was like, sees a young guy and he's like, if I get in his face, he's going to back off. Well, I, I, I got pushed around enough by customers today, so I wasn't really freaking having it. And I just got right back in his face. And he, I'm like a solid four inches taller than this guy. And he's kind of looking up and I'm like, yeah, what the fuck are you going to do? And he, he fucking, <laughs> you see his, you know when people know they fucked up, but they don't want to back down? Mm. That was this guy. And he just starts going off, saying Maurice to shit. Just ready to take it at that point. Yeah, and just starts waving his arms around. And I had enough. And I just fucking look at him. And I start winding up. I'm going to knock this guy's fucking day. I'm going to knock him in the next week. Like, I, I'd had enough. I'm going to take the assault charge. I don't care. Like this guy <laughs> has had it coming for so goddamn long. And I like every single customer complaint that I had received up until this day was about to be released into this man's face. And then luckily, because, you know, hindsight's 2020 and I don't need to hit, I don't need that trouble from a piece of shit. Um, the person who's actually being racist to comes and just grabs me, basically stops <laughs> just in between us. Like, no, like, don't do it. It's not worth it. And this guy's just going off. And my other buddy, who's even bigger than me, just a man giant, comes over. He's like, you need to leave now. So, you know, some screaming ensues and eventually he leaves. And uh, the cops get called for the second time that night to my store. And they catch this guy in like 30 seconds. Um, I guess he's pretty well known around town. (laughs) Yeah. So they asked me if I wanted to press press assault charges. And I was like, oh, don't worry. He didn't assault me. So they got him with trespassing. And, uh, you know, I uh, 
We go to my manager's office. I'm like, I need like five minutes to just calm down. Cause if a customer complains right now, I'm going to throw them. I'm going to like grab them through the drive-thru window and give them my peace of mind. Cause I'm just amped up and I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, deep breaths, deep breaths. I'm going to calm down. And like 30 seconds later, three of my employees come running in. They're like, someone just nailed the drive-thru speaker with their trailer. And I was off. Oh, fuck <laughs> so it was one of those nights but we got through it and here we are yeah it, it working at mcdonald's is always a a wild ride to say the least i love i love that your your squad like you you guys squatted up to like defend you because that's like that's what you're that's what you're fucking if you work in the restaurant business especially like not the front of the house because I guess fast food is is just basically, you know, back of the house. And that's the type of people you got. Glad you guys squatted up to handle that because that's exactly what we would do. Uh, Especially like this week that just happened down here. This would be uh, Mardi Gras, a regular year. And like fights go up exponentially during that week. (laughs) Well, when uh, alcohol is involved, right? Yeah. Um, And just bad decisions, you know. So, but – uh. We, we we did the same thing, but I love that you guys, your people, especially the giant, uh, oh, yeah. know, had your back. I'm, I'm sure you guys like split like a fucking milkshake after. Like, yeah, let's, the, the let's giant the machine is, on for a bit. The giant is one of my like best friends in this entire world too. Like, we played sports together for a long time. This, this isn't the first time we've had to back each other up, so it's pretty <laughs> fucking happy he was there. But yeah, you're right. Like. You know, and what I thought, what I got from it too, to take like some positive, he was screaming racist shit and calling her a bitch. And I don't even know why. And the one person who essentially saved this man's face was the one he was berating, right? So, you know, there are, there are more good people in this world than there are bad. It's a shame we got to deal with the bad sometimes, but I just, I don't know that, you know, I got, took a little bit of positive from that. Like even after all that, and it, it was probably more for me than it was for him, but you know, it's funny how things work out, I guess. Right. But moving on to, you should just throw trash bags, trash bags. Yeah. That's what we used to do to like the fucking, oh, I, like I don't want to say heads. the homeless people because that's not nice, but like, and I don't want to say crackheads either because I don't I don't want to like guess what their problems are. I just call the people. The people who, yeah, okay. So yeah, it's the same same idea. Like, but the people that just look completely like the the people that are on drugs, they don't look like they're on drugs. The people that are on drugs that would hassle my, you know, our customers and shit, especially the ones outside. I think I told this story. But like Thank anyone, yeah, anyone who would mess with the people at the front, you got the trash bag. Like we would just throw trash <laughs> bags at you, get your fuck out of there. But uh, but yeah, let's, let's move let's on. Let's move on to the, some hockey stuff. And speaking of trash bags, which are absolutely disgusting, we had some just filthy deeks shown on Twitter from KK Suzuki and Drew N in the practice shootout. I don't know if you saw them, Corey. But no, I did not. Oh my god! Like. I understand it's a practice. Poor Charlie Lindgren, by the way. They had him in that. <laughs> oh, my God. KK. Okay, he comes in. One hand. Puts the puck. Like, puts the puck through his legs, right? Mm-hmm. 
like so like like he has it in front pulls them through so the, it's the pucks behind him one-handed flicks the puck back to his left and then puts it in the back like it oh gorgeous absolutely disgusting and you won't even the nhl like retweeted it on instagram and twitter Filth. if you have a chance to check it out do it because it was filthy i'm gonna check it out i also like I feel like because it was Charlie Lindgren, people have probably roasted the fuck out of us. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah at could, least he could do least it on a bet. on a third back, you know, like. Yeah, and I like whatever. Uh, Leafs fans <laughs> will do anything to spite us. Did you see? Um, here's a rallying cry of sorts. The Hobie Baker Award has a voting system. This yeah, year. how how was that going? Uh, Caulfield had a pretty resounding lead, he as he should, right? It's fucking unreal. Well, I guess Leafs Twitter uh, found out about this, mm-hmm. and they voted someone they don't even know. Like I, Dick Robertson. Never, like- no, <laughs> like I can't. I don't even know his name. He plays for the Army. He's one of those guys. Okay, right. And they voted him past Cole Caulfield because they are the most spiteful. They. Like they live, we live rent free in their minds. They're just the most trash fan base in the league, and it, it has nothing to do with them. But for some reason, they're willing to take time out of their day to troll a kid that hasn't even suited up for the Habs yet, just despite the Habs. So it's a rallying cry for Habs fans. If you have a chance, just Hobie Baker voting. Go vote for Caulfield. I did. I wasn't even voting before because I thought it was bullshit if I just voted for Caulfield because he's a Habs prospect. But if but, the but it's hard not gonna... to vote for him, considering he's – I mean, like, he, he, it's not like we're just voting because he's a Habs prospect. Like, the, the kid's unreal. He's basically, like, in the top five probably players in the NCAA right now. I he know is he the was best. leading. No, he, he is the best player in the NCAA. Well, there you go. No like, I was I wasn't trying to gas him up that hard. Oh, like, I know no. he's, like, the lead, the lead in, no. like, assist and, shit and goals probably. But the NCAA is too easy for him. He should not be there. You know, he wants his education, and I homie ain't upset with that. Yeah, and I don't know if we talked to actually we haven't talked, but Bergman had a press conference the other day. Mm-hmm. And he said that Cole Caulfield will make his professional debut this season. He didn't specify if that would be for Laval or for Montreal, but after the NCAA season's done, he will be playing professional hockey. Whoa. <laughs> And I'm just saying, Whoa. we have a, <laughs> a third-line center who I have been saying needs some line mates for a very long time. A also, another young, talented man by the name of Diasperi Kakinami, who has made phenomenal passes this year. We have seen go to waste. I don't think Caulfield is going to let him go to waste, so... If Montreal thinks he's ready, oh my God, I am like salivating at the thought of Caulfield KK dy- like dynamic duo there. That's I can understand for like a couple of games this season because like granted, like what he's not allowed to go past uh, a certain amount of games before he like they give up. Um, what is it? It's like it's like he could play it's, for nine it's, games. You can play for nine games once you play your tenth. You burn a year if you your ELC. Right. But so, Montreal, Montreal has shown a very like willing. They're very willing to do that. They did it with Romanov. He didn't play a game. Yeah. They burned a year of his ELC. So 
I don't think if Bergevin thinks Caulfield's ready, I don't see him being too worried about the ELC. Okay. Just because I understand maybe things change with the way the cap is now, Mm -hmm. but we burned it in COVID times anyway. Right. And I just think like, you know, Caulfield, you can probably sign him. I don't see him. As much as I think he's going to be an electric goal scorer, and I think that will translate pretty quickly. I don't think he's going to be a guy that demands $8 million a year out of his ELC. I mean, like, I kind of hope he does, but, you know, being realistic. So I don't think Bergevin would be scared to burn it. And if I'm not mistaken, the NCAA season ends fairly shortly, like in yeah, March. Yeah. So you could still have a significant like 20 games, 15 games to play. And if Montreal is in what I do think will be a close race for first or second, let's be honest. I think the Leafs are taking first. I'll just yeah. say it. they're a regular season dynamo. Mm-hmm. They're a huge giant, but I don't think it'll be a matter of fear for that. I think it'll be, can you perform? Can you do stuff for us? Then you can be on the team. 100%. Uh, last statement on it, though. I figured we'd give them, like, a nine-game a nine game trial or, like, like split it. You know, I don't, I don't know how we would do it. But I feel like he's, like, a definitely a player. Like, I don't want what to happen to KK happen to him. And um, I feel like maybe one year with Laval could really, you know, get him accustomed to the NHL. Um, but, I mean, I mean, that's just me. Well, let's not forget, too. Even if KK's, it's just a couple of games there. KK's rookie season, he would have been too good for Laval. He scored 34 points. Yeah. K- KK was ready for the NHL. Okay. He had a sophomore slump. Like, yeah. I don't know why. I think it's because he's a third overall pick. Everyone's like, oh, my God, like, KK sucks. But how many players go through the sophomore slump? It, it's a trend for a reason. <laughs> Do you remember the year in Dallas? Or not Dallas, uh, Arizona? They had Domi and Duclair, mm-hmm. rookie seasons. They popped off, and then they both sophomore slumped in Arizona yeah. shit. Like, like that's always an example I think of. But there's there's tons of guys who go through the sophomore slump. Domi is a good, great player now. Um, I don't know. I just I'm not too worried about KK or Caulfield personally. I think if Caulfield can play, he will. If he can't, he'll go to Laval. But I will give you another prediction that I'm almost certain will occur this year is that Ryan Paling will suit up for the Montreal Canadiens. My man. I don't think there's any way he doesn't. Like this guy, just if it weren't for injuries, he I think he would have been actively on the Canadiens roster this year. And if it weren't for the depth signings that Bergevin had with, well, not even depth, with the star signings <laughs> Bergevin had into Foley and Anderson, he's on the team. No doubt in my mind. I think he's ahead of Michael Froelich in that call-up list. Okay. Dude, that's, that's pretty hot. That's a, that's a pretty hot take. I don't see him as a center. That's why. Okay. Understandable. I think he'll play as the wing because, you know, like, as I do think he could be a center, but he's looking like if you've seen any Laval highlights, he's looking like a power forward kind of guy. But right. as opposed to a Josh Anderson goal scoring 
power forward kind of archetype. He's more of a playmaker, despite his three goal entry into the NHL, which by the way is like tied for third best ever debuts, <laughs> which is going to be an awesome trivia question in a few years. But yeah, right. I think I think Ryan Paling will be back in the Blue Blanc Rouge at some point this season. Well, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see him get a shot. It's it's getting even harder for him to get a shot with with the the team we've collected. Uh, but you brought up you brought up for leak, and I'd be remiss not to bring this up today. Uh, Wednesday is Pro Leak's birthday, and the Montreal Canadiens overall social media posted a picture. You know, happy birthday, Pro Leak. The problem is, is that he's never he's never played an NHL game for the Canadians, so they don't have they don't have any images of him wearing, you know, the full kit. So they <laughs> they got him in his practice uniform. And I mean, it's awesome. It's very sweet that they did that, you know, especially like it, you got to feel good when, you know, like you, you're taking the backseat for a bit and you understand the process, but just to have that post, it's like, Hey, we really appreciate it. But like, it's kind of funny at the same time. Cause the poor dude's in a practice union. Like I, I believe he's in the, the, the gray one. <laughs> yeah. Like you get the intent. It's just kind of comical when you see it. Yeah. Um, and I know other teams are probably like the Leafs fans would probably like eat it up and shit. But um, last thing about the the taxi squad, how do you feel about Paul Byron and where where he's at right now? Um, I don't even think he played that bad, personally. Like he's thrown the body. He hasn't put up points, I guess, which is kind of what you expect. I think. If Paul Byron isn't making $3.4 million, he's still on the team. If he's right. on a $700,000 contract, like if he's on a million-dollar contract, there's no point in benching him. Mon- Montreal's playing some salary cap gymnastics right now, and I think that's more what he's a victim of. I'm not going to say his play has been phenomenal, but I don't think he's been horrible. I posted I posted on Twitter when it happened. Um, I, first off, Paul Byron's played 14 games. He's got three assists, three points. You know, not not the best, but um, but the problem is is that you gotta just about everyone is doing their part. Even Paul Byron. The problem was is that everyone was just doing a little bit more than what was expected of them, and Paul Byron sadly was just the odd man out. Yeah, and I like I'm I'm actually pretty firm on that cap thing too. Mm-hmm. But I'm not too upset by it. I mean, obviously you're losing a leader and he wears an A. But I don't think leadership is something Montreal lacks. We actually have a large we have three alternate captains. Most teams carry two, I believe, right? Montreal's mm-hmm. always carried a few more. Um, I think we're fine in that regard. The Shea Weber Gallagher. Uh, Petrie, I think you're fine with that leadership group. You've got Josh Anderson, I think, is just based on his play already a leader. Drew was talking about how it's hard not to be your best when he's going out there and just giving everything, right? Yeah. So, like, Carey Price, too. There's there's a ton of guys. Jake Allen, Corey Perry, Toffoli's one of cut. I'm, I don't think you lose leadership in that either. I think it sucks for Byron. But I think he'll be back at some point. And I think his 
his cap hit is why they could send him down too, because no one has the room to pick up a $3.4 million depth guy right now. Right. Everyone's up against the cap. So yeah, I'm not upset by the move at all. I was more uh, worried that we would lose him because he'd have to hit waivers, you know? Um, yeah. I think in a regular year. Um, I think yeah. that's an easy scoop up guy though. Like he's, he's his so heart. That's how we got him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think, I don't think any team is willing to pick that up right now, especially when you've got a guy like Toffoli. Good point. Who's scoring 10 goals and he's on a <laughs> $4.3 million contract. Like he's only making a million more than Byron. Consider that. Right. Right. So, yeah, I don't think – salary caps at a premium this year more than any. Mm-hmm. I think at the trade deadline, you're going to see some teams. And, like, okay, I don't know what Eugene Melnick will think of this because he is a piece of shit, horrible owner. <laughs> but if I'm – he might say, no, you're not allowed to spend money. But if I'm Ottawa, trade deadline, let me pick up those contracts for some cat, for some draft picks. Right. Let me fucking free up space. I don't give a shit. I'm not competing. In reality, Ottawa's not competing for a few years. Help no, those teams the powerhouse, out. Right. Yeah, help those teams out. Get more prospects. You've got even more time to, to scout because it's looking like we're going to have a back-to-back draft next year. Mm-hmm. Accumulate those high draft picks because teams, we've seen what teams will give up for cap space in previous seasons. This year, it is your best friend, so... Right. That's what I would do. Um, like I said, with Eugene Melnick, I don't know if we're going to see it, but I'm sure some teams will take advantage of that this year. 100%. Oh, dude, that was a, that was a great point. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it with our guests later on, but I just want to hear from you before we move on to that. Um, but how do you feel, you know, we, we never really got a chance to talk about the last three games. They've been – very hard on us. We've seen a, we've seen a, ste- a team that came out the gate and just seemed like everything was in place and now we're struggling. And uh, personally, I believe it's due to the, the, the lengthy time in between games, considering the rest of the teams that we're playing don't have that problem right now. They might face it later on, but um, you know, it, we could just easily say that the past three games have been, a bit of a wash. They've been a bit of a bore. There's not much going on, especially the last game when we recorded with uh, Richie and Corey. That was a boring-ass game until until the end. You know, I'm I don't think surprised. we deserved to win that game. No, we didn't. Um, but, I mean – I think I think we got robbed of the first game, mm-hmm. and this was the hockey gods. Robbing them. Redeeming. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you, 100% because we're not, we're not functioning correctly right now, and – if three if three days did this to us, I can't imagine what this long week is going to do to us. I just wanted to get maybe your how you feel about the situation, what's going on with the Habs right now. How do I feel about what how they're playing or the bullshit scheduling? Both, because truthfully, that's I think well, that, I just I think that they I, go hand in hand at this point. I'm not going to blame scheduling for how we've played because the championship team, which I think that is what this team aspires to be they should be able to get through anything. Three-day stretch is fucking nothing. So if that's how you play coming off a three-day stretch, I've got some news for you. You've got stuff you've got to deal with if you're blaming that. But I will question the logic behind a three-day stretch, a five-day stretch, and an entire week stretch without a game 
already for this team, we're in February mm-hmm. in a condensed schedule with COVID. Like where the fuck is the logic from that? Every single one of our games from now on is a day between or a back-to-back. What well, you couldn't have spread that out. Like I get you had some issues, but the NHL scheduling has always been awful. This yeah. is just horrible. And you didn't give yourself any fucking room. How are we supposed to make up games if we have COVID? Right. COVID has not touched the Canadian division yet, but uh, come on. It, it's gotten everywhere. COVID has proven to f- shut down the world. I think it's going to shut down the Canadian division at some point this year. We've just been lucky so far. So it just it's a lack of foresight, if you ask me, from the NHL. And I hope it doesn't come back to bite us in the ass and we we lose games because of it because we had the opportunity to schedule it in a way that we could have makeup games but i don't see how we can do that in the canadian division after teams like montreal had a week off right yeah i think it's it's a little off to have you know and i'm not gonna of course it's biased fuck it this is our fans um i think it's i think it's pretty fucked up to have one of the best one of the best teams in this division have a week off and, and lower their, you know, their momentum, their play is going down because of, because of these long, these long breaks. And like you said, you're like, it, it this is a chance. This is an aspiring championship team. That shouldn't be the problem. But if you look at it, we didn't have the problem when we were on the road because I feel like the players can still unify and, and you know, like you can't constantly be together, but there's, there's still activities we're allowing. Like they said, mid in, in the beginning of the season that they're allowed to play uh, a bit of cards and stuff like that, you know, right. But we didn't really start, you know, looking bad until it was the games until it was the, the, the days off while we're in the home stretch, because at that point, you're not unified with your team. You're, you're stuck at home. You're not basically allowed to leave your fucking house. And yeah, granted, it's great to spend time with your family, but it's almost like you're not, you're like, you're not allowed to do anything. Like you're not, you're not keeping like a, I don't want to say momentum again, but like you're, you're, you know, you and the guys aren't together. You just kind of collectively at your, you guys' houses, just sitting around going to practice every, you know, when you can and stuff like that. But I just feel like it sucks to have this on the, on the home stretch because there's no, you know, there's no unity. You know, you're basically just like, uh, on like a, a sleep mode, you know? Mm-hmm. And well, I, I just think like it's that's a bit of a, a disconnection for this team that's been highly connected. I think it's kind of comical too. When was the last time teams have played back-to-back games like against the same opponent mm-hmm. a week apart? Because <laughs> you know I mean? we're back, we're back against the Leafs back yeah. to back baby, but it's a week apart. Yeah. That's just fucking hilarious to me. But I think we're going to, uh, at least wrap up this part of today's episode here. I won't be able to join you for talking to Neil, but I'm sure uh, our listeners are going to enjoy talking to Neil. I don't know if we've actually had him. We've we never had Neil first. on, and this is going to be a treat for them. All right, folks, uh, we're going to bring on our guests now. Mason had to leave. Uh, poor kids got work and school, you know, dealing with a lot, especially with COVID going on. But uh, we wanted <laughs> to continue the topic uh, with Neil, uh, who, we're about to, <laughs> who we're about to bring on. But... Uh, so we wanted to continue this topic that we were just talking about where, you know, how do we feel the Habs game is being, you know, I wouldn't say messed over, but how it's messing with the team uh, to have this long break. So folks, let me do this intro for Neil. 
So I hope he enjoys it because he always gives me an ignorant-ass intro. But here we go, folks. <laughs> Palin from New Jersey. This guy joins THPN after the COVID shutdown. He's written three to six books, and he's taken ownership of the New Jersey Devils podcast. My former co-host, he's USA Hockey, do or die. Please welcome our guest, the host of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, Neil motherfucking Villapiano. How are you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. That was that was a great intro. Uh, that got me fired up, man. Uh, Perfect. You know, it's great to be on here. It's great talking to you. Uh, you know, you were on the Devil's State of Mind a little while ago, about a week ago, actually, you know, trying to help me out as we were continuing to wait for when the Devil's next game was, which ended up being last night. And uh, I'd say after 16 days off from, from playing, uh, we, we didn't look rusty at all. And then that really, uh, you know, getting a 5-2 win on the road against the Against the Rangers is always a good thing, and uh, I know the boys at the uh, Broadway podcast are already uh, canceling the season after the loss last <laughs> night. I would. I would. Uh, not just because it's against the Devils, but because it's against a team that's had such a long break, and then to just be kind of skull-dragged in their return to play, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Neil, we brought you on. Uh, I want you to gloat about your victory, but uh, <laughs> not just that. I, I want to continue this, this thought that me and Mason just had talked about. Um, of, of what goes on with a team that has to sit, you know, through a long break. And, you know, I'm glad that your team had come away with a victory, but it seems that the Montreal Canadiens, the longer they sit at home, uh, the worse our, our dynamic becomes. And, you mm -hmm. know, I couldn't think of anybody better to bring on than the poor guy who's who had to sit 16 games yeah. <laughs> without any coverage, you know, so yeah. – uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was definitely difficult when we first got word that we were going to be put on pause, you know, because of a COVID outbreak. And obviously we got up to, I believe, about 19 to 20 players that were on the COVID list at one point. And it was just you you wondered to yourself, like, how long was this going to be? Was this going to be something that could force the Devils to maybe even, you know, the worst possibility would be to cancel the rest of the season for them and just kind of, you know, just end it that way. But, you know, we were able to get through it. And, you know, guys, one by one, we're starting to come off the list. We're down to about two or three at the moment, which is great, obviously. And, uh, you know, the boys were able to play last night. And it was definitely, you know, even though they practiced on Monday, we were still not fully sure if the Devils were going to be allowed to play. Some people had speculated that maybe because there were still some players on the COVID list, even though it was only four, that, you know, the NHL would feel uncomfortable with the Devils continuing or trying to play. But, you know, it was definitely going to be interesting. And I will say this to kind of answer the first part of the question. It's difficult when you get a stoppage like this and you're not even 10 games into the season. Mind you, before last night, we'd only played nine games, which is the fewest of any team. And there have been a bunch of teams that have played, you know, seven, eight, nine, hell, even 10 games more. I think the Vancouver Canucks have played like a 10 or 11 games uh, during the time the Devils were not playing. So you can imagine the frustration from the player's perspective, the organization perspective, and especially the fans' perspective, sitting around, waiting, not really getting a good answer, and just kind of wondering if, what, you know, first of all, when was going to be the next game and if we were going to have another game at all. And then you go into last night and they only had one practice. And obviously our expectation was they probably are going to look rusty. They're going to look, they're going to look a step behind the Rangers. They're probably going to struggle and they probably won't win. And the Devils did everything the exact opposite way. They looked hungry. They looked enthusiastic. They looked energetic. 
First period, they're clearly kicking the crap out of the Rangers on the offensive side. The Rangers cannot seem to keep up with them. Second period, you know, they kind of BSed around and, you know, mm-hmm. looked more like a team that had not played in 16 days. And even though they scored twice, they did also give up two goals and went into the third period tied. And at that point, we were all pretty happy that they were at least being competitive in the first game in well over two weeks. And then they just took it to another level in the third. And it wasn't big name players that we have, you know, Jack Hughes, Kyle Palmieri, you know, you know, Ty Smith. It wasn't those big name guys. It was guys like Yanni Kuokinen, who had three assists last night. Nick Merkley ended up getting a huge goal to make it four to two. Hell, Will Butcher who finally gets in a game this season, <laughs> scores in his first game. Pavel Zaka delivering with another goal. You know, Igor Sharangovich, my boy, you know, getting the game-winning goal on a soft deflection. <laughs> I mean, it was it was young guys and guys that, you know, are your role players that stepped up last night. And Mackenzie Blackwood, his first game in more than three weeks, because if people remember, he was already on the COVID list mm-hmm. prior to the outbreak. So he had been away from the game even longer than the rest of the team. And he ended up stopping 36 of 38 shots for the victory. And it was such an emotional, pumped up victory to beat your rival. And, you know, look, it, you know, if we had lost that game last night, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal because we'd say, look, you know, we had played in 16 days and obviously right. we're going to be a little sluggish and yada, yada. But for them to come out and take on a Rangers team that has been struggling of late, that has been depleted in some cases, and guys like Capo Caco and Alexis Lafreniere and even Mika Zibanejad have been struggling for the Devils to still come out and prove that they were the better team in that game. Was just a was just a great feeling altogether, and obviously the Devils don't have very much time off between now and the end of the season. I think they only have something like maybe fifteen to twenty more off days. I mean, they're playing virtually every other night the rest of the season, so this is going to be the most difficult cha- and most challenging season I think the Devils have ever had in their history. And obviously, we're not talking playoffs or we're not talking about anything like that. We just want to continue to see this young team be competitive. And that's what we saw last night. That's what we've seen so far. And hopefully we'll see that tomorrow night in Boston, which is going to be tough because the Bruins are a lot better than the last time uh, the Devils faced them. But you know what? So are the Devils. So mm-hmm. it's going to be it's going to be exciting. And I'm just happy that Devils hockey is back. And, you know, we've gotten some more guys off today uh, from the COVID list, which is great. Um, and, you know, it's just, there's just going to be games where the Devils are just going to be tired out because they just don't have a lot of time to rest up, and they don't even have enough time, a lot of time to practice either. Like I said, one practice, and then you're going into another game. Same thing today. <laughs> one practice, and now you're going to go play Boston in Boston. So obviously, it's a challenge, and this is the repercussions for a season like this, you know, some of the repercussions. Um, but these hockey players, you know, they have – mental toughness beyond anybody's wildest dreams. And I know that they are going to continue to push forward and do what it takes to, you know, continue to play hockey and continue to be competitive and, uh, you know, go from there. I love it. Um, and I think, I think it's, I think it's nice for the devils, you know, like, cause you, you lose, if you lose that game, you brush it off. Like you said, it's, it, it's just a, you know, we, we got to shake it off. You know, we, we've had, we got a little rust, um, but it's almost it's almost awesome that you guys are eliminating, you know, because of the long break, you're eliminating the times between games. So now it's almost like tournament style. Every other night is a game. 
Right. And um, it might it might work for the better for you guys because there, there's no real long extended off days. If you guys get on a rhythm, hopefully y'all can run with it. And that's what we were hoping to do beginning of the season. We, we were kind of running with this. I believe we were like six or seven games without being home. We were just every other day or, you know, back to backs mm-hmm. was games and we were doing great. We hit these uh, these in-betweens where we're sitting for three days, five days, you know, um, yeah. and we're, we're kind of stuck. We're on a we're on a, a seven day break and it's not due to covid. It's not, you know, it's just kind of almost feels like an error in, in the scheduling of, of the North Division. But it kind of sucks for for us because this is a team that's playing better than what the, you know, what the world kind of has expected. But um, it's just tough. And I just I just, you know, I kind of wanted to know just just as a fan, you know, like we're as has fans right now, we're going through it. Like, but what what is it you know, like what was it like for you to, to know that? There was no hockey coming, but at the same time, you know, due due to COVID, yeah. um, what it's like to sit and, and kind of feel worried that like this might be the end of the season for us. This might be the end of of this season for the entire league because of COVID just getting out of hand in the in the U.S. Um, like what what was like fans going through? Like what were you personally going through at you know during that sixteen week a uh, sixteen day vacation yeah. from hockey? <laughs> Well, I, I like Prison. to call it a 16 day hiatus. You know, I, that, I think <laughs> I tried to, I tried to be as nice as possible about it. And, you know, obviously from the Canadians perspective, you know, they, they played on Saturday night and they're not playing till I believe what the 20th against the Maple Leafs. So obviously yeah. it's frustrating for them that they have to sit around, but luckily for them, it has nothing to do with COVID. So it's not about, you know, wonder, you know, there's not that much of a worry as to, you know, when their next game is, they know when their next game is barring something obviously happening, which we obviously don't want to have happen. But I would say from the, from the fans perspective, this is what I experienced. The experience that the devil's fans and myself dealt with was constantly worrying about, you know, were any of these guys going to come off the list who actually had COVID and who didn't, because not everybody who was on that list necessarily had it. It was more about, you know, they were in close contact with somebody right. that did. And then yesterday and also on Monday, we started to learn about which guys actually did it, you know, had COVID, you know, Damon Severson, Kyle Palmieri, um, Zajac and his whole family had it. Um Yanni Quokin had said last night after the Rangers game that he suffered from it. And everybody had different symptoms. Uh, Palmieri suffered the most because he experienced it all. He experienced everything that comes with getting the, the, the coronavirus. And it, it's a scary thing because you don't know how, what, you know, what the long-term effects are going to be. Uh, we've heard from other players and other sports saying, oh, it's still, it's still, you know, frustrating to deal with. You know, I, I've heard guys like in the NBA, you know, Rudy Gobert and, and um, you know, Tatum have both said that they're still dealing with uh, symptoms or, you know, the effects of having the virus, which is not a, which is obviously not great, but in, in all in all, you, you, you worry about the human side of these players. You, you hope that they're doing okay. You hope that they're recovering um, as well as they possibly can. And then from a hockey perspective, you kind of start asking questions like, should we really continue to play? Is this going to get mm-hmm. better? Or, you know, how are we going to look when we come back? When are we going to come back? I think that's the biggest question was like, it was not a matter of how are we going to look when we come back? When were we actually going to play at all? Because the first, you know, the first day that they said that we were going to come back was the eighth, but by Sunday, we knew that that wasn't realistic. And so they moved it (laughs) to, 
obviously last night, the 16th. And so we were caught, you know, once we got to about Friday, we hadn't really got much news. So I already expected that we were going to unfortunately have to move it, you know, more days ahead. So that was, you know, that was what we expected, but luckily, you know, we've taken a turn for the better and, and guys were able to come off the list. And, you know, I'm hoping that this is the only type of COVID situation the devils deal with the entire year. The good thing that comes out of it from the player's perspective is it builds resilience. These guys now understand, okay, this isn't a joke. This is a real thing. This is something that we have to constantly worry about and deal with throughout the course of the season. We have to continue to be careful. Even if we're being careful, we got to be extra careful moving forward. But talking about it from a fan standpoint, it sucks. It flat out sucks because you're sitting around and you're watching other teams night in and night out that are playing and they're moving on with the season. And you're like, you know, oh, well, it, it feels it felt like when we were, you know, when the bubble was going on, that mm-hmm. we were just sitting around waiting for the next Devils game when we don't know. and We don't know when that next game was. We just didn't know. And it sucked because we weren't the Obviously, we weren't the only team either in the bubble situation nor with COVID that was waiting around. You know, Minnesota had the problem. Uh, Buffalo had the problem. Colorado had an issue with it. I mean, we were all sitting around just waiting. But what what sucks about it from a COVID standpoint, and you have a COVID outbreak, is that you just don't know what the next step is going to be. You don't know when that next game is. You don't know what the next, um, you know, thing to do is. Uh, from the Canadian standpoint, what's easy about it is that you do know what the next game is. It's going to be this <laughs> Saturday, the 20th. You know what's coming, um, barring something crazy happening. So it just it just sucked. Um, and that's what made last night, you know, not only playing, but winning and winning as we did that much more enjoyable. And for them to continue to stay competitive, even without some of their guys like Nico Hishier and Sammy Botnin, who are still out um, for different reasons. Um, it, it's just great. It just gives you a lot of hope for the rest of the season. And it makes you makes you no longer take for granted uh, being a fan of your team. It makes you really cherish uh, these moments and these games and these oper- and these players because you don't know. Um, you never know. You know, obviously you look in the back of your mind, you're like, yeah, it's, you know, I'm sure we're going to be playing tomorrow, but you don't know in this situation. You just don't know. And you just have to be grateful every single day uh, when there is a game, that there is a game to be played and that your team's going to be able to play in it. Right. Uh, excellent point. I love it. Um, I love uh, that you brought up like the, the resiliency of this team, understanding the impact of what it, what it causes. And it almost, uh, it, after you saying that, it makes last night's win look even better because it looks like there was a motivated drive, you know, like, the Rangers are dealing with internal problems. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone knows what's going on with the Rangers along with, you know, just a, just a slow start for them. But um, I love that you brought up the, the resiliency of it. You know, uh, this team literally had to fight this as, a, as, a, as an entire team. And um, hopefully, hopefully that, that, that unified them. And we get to see a little bit more of a, of a more than just 50%, you know, uh, above 500 for, the devil's going on to the rest of the season. But I wanted to ask why you waited, you know, while, while you were stuck in this, you know, hiatus, as you're saying, mm-hmm. it, you know, like, did you feel like, did you watch any other teams? Did you, did you feel like spiteful having to watch other games instead of your own team? Like, because like I'm sitting at home, I don't want to watch, like I'm, I'm going to watch other hockey, but I'm not interested in it. And I'm watching these games and I'm just like, not, 
not really enjoying it. And I guess it's just because I'm, I'm, I'm being petty, you know, I'm being, I'm sad. It's not my team, you know, like, right. did you, did y'all feel that as well? Well, luckily for me, I'm a big sports guy in general, and that's kind of, you know, what I cover uh, mm-hmm. in my career. So I had things like the Brooklyn Nets to watch. So I mean, okay. I had other things that I could watch that kind of keep me going. Um, as far as from a hockey standpoint, I mean, I did watch the highlights of Toronto blowing a 5-1 lead against uh, <laughs> I think we Ottawa, all. I think we all did. <laughs> which, you know, I, I, you know, I was talking to, uh, I had Kent State uh, Stampin' on uh, the Devil's State of My podcast uh, this past weekend. Um, and I remember saying to myself, like, and obviously this is with, you know, the utmost respect for the Maple Leafs, but it's like, this is what I get for talking, like saying good things about the Maple Leafs. This is what I get. Like I post the episode and then they go and do that. But, you know, <laughs> as far as like watching other games and other teams, no, not really, because number one, I'm not a fan of those teams, so I could care less um, right. other than fantasy, which I mean, I'm not doing that well this week. <laughs> we're um, not, we're not either. <laughs> and, 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 well, you did well against me last week, so it's fine. So, you know, um, I'm dealing with, I'm, I'm dealing with goalie issues. I, I can't yeah. get a half decent goalie, but um, you know, other than that, no, I didn't watch. Um, number, like I said, number one, not a fan of the team. Number two, it just it pissed me off because, again, like you said, you know, I don't want to watch knowing that my team isn't playing and knowing that I don't know when my team is going to play because it literally felt like when we were back watching the bubble. Yeah, it was great the hockey was back and I had hockey to watch, but my team was not in it. So I don't care. So I don't really have a dog in the – you know, I don't yeah. have a, a, a horse in the race, so to speak. I don't have, like – I don't have a reason to sit here and spend two, three hours watching this um, you know, for, for no reason. I mean, I would watch it if there really was nothing else to watch. Other than that, I had other things that I could do. But it just, it, like I said, it sucked because everybody else is playing. Everybody else gets to talk about it. And it was difficult for the last couple of weeks. And that's why I tried to get on guests like yourself, um, you know, just to kind of, you know, find something to talk about because, you know, somebody who works in this network and, and, you know, I spent several months doing episodes where we had very little to talk about and you had to get creative. It, it was tough to, you know, in the middle of the season, you don't have games to talk about. You don't have things to evaluate and you just, you just have to come up with different ideas on the spot and it can be difficult, but just like the devils, I, I persevered through it. And, you know, hopefully this is the last of that kind of delay that we get uh, the rest of the year. It's just great that the Devils are back um, because, you know, the Devils are the only team that plays in the state that has the n- name of the state in it. You know, we have other teams that play in the state, but they're, you know, New York because obviously it's mm-hmm. right there. Um, and the Devils mean a lot to a lot of, lot of, lot of fans, a lot of people. And we're just trying to have some sort of normalcy during this crazy, crazy period with the COVID-19 pandemic. And then to see players dealing with it, uh, it makes you grateful, especially if you haven't dealt with the vaccine, uh, not the the pandemic yourself, if you haven't dealt with getting COVID-19 or, you know, none of your family members, you know, luckily have, you know, not, you know, had to deal with it. Um, it, it makes you realize just how grateful it is to be in the spot and to uh, have players that are willing to sacrifice their health to go out there and play a game to just play a sport and to play a game and to entertain us. And I think that that's the most important thing, but I, I really didn't, I didn't spend a lot of time watching hockey. Um, even though I am a big hockey fan and it is my passion. I didn't watch a lot of it because 
Um, my team wasn't playing. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm just really not watching anything. Hockey is my sport. I don't really care for anything else at this point. Uh, so it, it's it's been kind of boring. <laughs> I want you. I want to give you the floor to promote your next up and coming book or, you know, where we can find you. Um, but uh, just on behalf of Mason and myself, we really appreciate you coming on. Well, well, by man, as always, it is a pleasure to talk to you, whether you're on, on the Devil's State of Mind podcast or I'm here on Habs Nightly. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely honored and, it, and it's great talking to you no matter, you know, what circumstance it is, but, but yeah, you know, thank you guys so much for, uh, for spending some time to listen to me listen to me talk. Um, if you want to check out more of myself, you can follow me on Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W and on Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11. You can follow the Devil State of Mind on Twitter at Devil State, Instagram at Devil State of Mind, and also like and subscribe to the Facebook page where on all those you can interact with me, you can talk Devil's Hockey, you can also stay up to date with all the new episodes that we post on the Hockey Podcast Network every Monday and Thursday. Got another episode coming out tomorrow, so that should be fun as always. And you can also check out uh, the two books that I've written, as Bayou likes to mention, (laughs) and he calls this my, like, paragraph and a half um, outro, as we used to do on the old Devil's Devil's Podcast. But you can check out uh, my first book, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 which is about the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan and you like to you like to deal with pain, which I know a lot of you out there, if you happen to be a Jets fan, uh, endure. You could go check it out on Amazon. And also, uh, meet the Mets mess, the R E G R E T S of New York Town, which is about the regrets of being a New York Mets fan. So if you're a <laughs> Mets fan, a Jets fan. If you're possibly both, which I would feel so sorry for you, if you're or if you know somebody's one of those, go check these books out. It's written for the fans, by the fan, and it's for the price of 1969. And if you're a Jets or Mets fan, you probably guessed why I chose that price. And uh, yeah, by I'm I'm definitely working on uh, another book. Um, thinking about maybe doing a next book. Trying to think about hockey. Trying to figure out what team I might want to. Uh, might want to give some pain to maybe Toronto, especially after <laughs> what they did, what they did uh, this past uh, this past week. Uh, but we'll see. But uh, bye again. Then thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it, it this was a blast as always. Thank you so much, Neil. Uh, I do not mind the paragraphs. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, but we we uh, as a Habs as Habs fans, we really need you to have Ken Ken back on as much as you can and really dole their season out. <laughs> But, man, it's been an absolute pleasure and a treat, and we really appreciate you coming on. No problem, man. Always always a pleasure. Folks, once again, we want to thank Neil for coming on and sharing a little bit, a little bit of talk with us, a little bit of time. Uh, please give him a follow at Devil State of Mind Podcast. This podcast is amazing. Me and him were co-hosts during the interim uh, waiting period for a Devil's co-host to come along last season, and Neil just happened to be the guy. He's really passionate about everything that he loves and um, he's definitely worth the follow but folks this is going to be Habs Nightly we're going to wrap it up but uh, we really appreciate you guys having a listen I know we're all sitting around making fun of the Leafs like uh, like Neil said uh, just how can you blow a lead like that it, it's it's fuel to our our boredom right now but folks uh, thank y'all so much for sticking around and we can't wait to talk to you guys after Saturday's game You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. 
New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.